She's a doctor. Hi, I'm Dr. Dovek, and she's a dietitian. Hey, I'm Hannah Schuyler, and together we are the, the Doctor Dietitian Collab. Oh, well, we are back again, and today we are talking about a very important subject. The title here is Mentally Tough. We're going to navigate all of those mental, psychological, emotional challenges that come with massive transformation. Yeah. And obviously, bariatric surgery is a massive transformation. It sure is. Bariatric surgery is a mind game. It is obviously a physical transformation. You lose weight. You look different. How do you deal with the way people perceive you? But also, man, the mental thing is... I think as hard, if not harder than, than the physical yeah, transformation. Great. And I think, I think the other reason that it's hard is that people don't necessarily prepare for it. Like mm-hmm. they do the physical and mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, the physical is obviously so tangible. You know, you can literally physically prepare for surgery. You can buy your, your supplements, you can buy your, you know, the new clothes, you can do all of those things, but like how you can't touch mental health, you yeah. know? That's true. Uh, you know, some, some of our patients do come in, um, they have therapists, they have, you know, weekly sessions. They've been doing it for a long time. Once in a while, we even get a referral from a therapist that this patient, I think, um, you know, is mentally ready. They, um, would make a great candidate. We've talked about that. Um, but that's kind of rare. That's extraordinarily rare, unfortunately. And I think sometimes even like, sometimes the therapist is the one that. Maybe we'll dissuade them, you yeah. know, like, well, I don't think you should do that for whatever reasons. And it's always a killer because I don't know, we're the experts and we, right. we know, and I think and it would be a game in person. If, if you've been working with them for a long time and they're the ones that say, you know, you poured your heart and soul out to them and they're like, mm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I bet they play a lot. You know, they have a big, big impact in that. Exactly. I was just listening to a podcast on my way to your house. Um, it was good old Glennon Doyle and she, they were doing a word of the day and they were talking about a concept called terminally unique. And this concept is that so many of us, yes, we are all little snowflakes. We're individuals. We you know have our own stories, mm-hmm. but and in some are undoubtedly harder than others or just different than others. I mean, there's always that, but there is this kind of central core suffering that we all, we all kind of go through yeah. as well. We all experience highs and lows and anxieties and all of these things. But I think to the point of terminally unique is that you think that your story is so different that bariatric surgery can't possibly work for you, that you can't possibly get any benefit from therapy, that no one has possibly been able to help or to understand or to have empathy, compassion towards you and your story. Um, and I think that's what holds some people back from even pursuing this. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, it is. And, And like you said, we are all unique, but how much of our DNA is like actually the same? Like, isn't it like over 99% of humans are the same, you know, the DNA is the same and it's just that one, like 0.6% or something that's different. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, we're all humans. Yes. And like you said, everyone has a different degree of these things. Yeah. Um, and, and some people are put through a lot more than others, but there's yeah. going to be very few people that are out there that have something that you've never heard of or, you know. Exactly. And, you know, we're going to talk a lot today about even resilience and, you know, having these life's barriers and really just pushing through the obstacles and the challenges. And, and the way, you know, you said last night we had a support group. You mm-hmm. You said, and this is, you know, we hear this all the time, but the way people respond to you, that's them. But the way you re- react to that is is something that you can control, and yeah. and that's and that's something really big and important for all of us in yeah. many different situations, not just about our bodies or our weight loss or our health. It's yeah, well, many I mean, things. Uh, you you used a word that triggered something in my mind. So I used to work at a summer camp. I think I've talked about it on here before. And one of the things that we you know learn about because you're working with kids, right, from age seven to sixteen. So you're Ooh. getting all sorts of of attitude and all sorts of things. And these are kids with chronic illnesses as well. So they are also going through a lot. So a lot of behavior, you know, generally behavior issues. And one of the things was like, if a kid was doing something that was frustrating to you or, you know, was not, was against the rules or whatever, 
you had to figure out how to react or how to respond and not react. Mm. And that's always stuck with me of like, if you react, it is not, it is like a a visceral thing. You just do it. It's not intentional. If you respond, it's like you take that time and, and respond, you know? So I think that even with those types of things, like we were talking about in the support group, somebody saying a negative uh, thing to you. And I think a lot of people's trigger would, they would just react um, and yeah. the patient that shared their story, I think she responded, which was good. You know, she came back with something and just said, yeah, this is what's going on. And then, you know, kind of moved, mm-hmm. moved along from it. But I think it's those things that like get you staggering back in your mind and you're stunned. And mm-hmm. it's one of those like Monday morning quarterbacks, like, oh, I should have said this. I yeah. should have done that. And like how often we play conversations in our minds of oh, like, yeah. all right, I'm going to go in and I'm going to ask for this. And then they're going to say that. And then I'm going to come back with this and I'm going to be so witty and perfect and sharp and intelligent and perfectly articulated. And then in reality, you're like a mess, you know? Or I always think it's funny when you do that and like, say you're asking like for a raise or something and you go in and you're like, you have all your arguments and then they're like, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll, you're totally right. And you're like, I kind of wanted to fight a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> like I've been prepared. I've been going to war in my mind right. over this. Been anxious, or you've been anxious about it. And I think that's how a lot of people approach bariatric surgery too, of like, they're so anxious about just asking the question or they think like that we're going to be mean or brutally rebuff them or, you know, like yes. all of these things. And it's like, no, we'll probably just help you along. And, you know, like, and I think people work that up in their mind about a lot of things. That's so true. We work so much up in our mind mm-hmm. and Boy, you're you're so right. I hear all the time um people were like thinking that we, you know, we know, we recognize, we talk about this, but it's really true. Like it does take just a lot of rawness and just like we talk about vulnerability and just coming in and being like, I need help. Asking for help is the hardest thing that you'll ever do. Um, it's liberating once you finally do, but it's just so much anticipation and and people are always like, oh. I thought you would yell at me about like, well, they, they almost feel like they have to like, like, you know, like, let me explain, let me explain yeah. like why I'm here and why this happened. And you don't owe me any of that. Like, and, and I, and I'm like, I'm always surprised, but I do hear that a lot. Like I'm I, hear initial console. I hear it a lot too. in in um, when I do nutrition visits as well, because people are like, well, I mean, this is, this is, this is, I, I wanted to be honest about it. And I'm like, that's what I want from you. And like, there's no judgment. If you, you know, if you're doing X, Y, and Z, that's why we're here is to help, help you move away from that habit. And yeah. It helps if we know about it, first of all, you know, yeah. it doesn't help me if you don't tell me about it, but um, yeah, it's like, there's no, but people do, I think they just, and probably because in other aspects they are met with shame and judgment mm. about these choices oh, or about yes. the situations that they've ended up in or you know whatever the precipitating event is and you know but then they don't rec- they don't think like oh well these people might be non-judgmental or they may you know approach this from a different angle shame and judgment yeah shame and judgment and i think the wash of shame it's just such a horrible feeling. It's just like, uh-huh. it's a visceral gut wrenching feeling. That's what shame yeah. is. And to think that, you know, some people have not pursued something again, transformative and mm-hmm. so helpful to them because they fear that feeling, which is the worst is, oh, it's so yeah, tough. It is. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm going to take this on a weird spin. I promise we're going to get back to the mentally tough um, podcast, but you know, you're talking about um, responding and not reacting mm-hmm. and something on my personal life. I'm just going to like go there because I have to like get it off my chest. Like okay. I almost feel like we're in this private little therapy. Moment. And Hannah is the best therapist. <laughs> I drive all the way to her. We live very far apart, actually. Yeah. And I just like, I'm like giddy always like driving the 45 minutes to get up here. Um because I know that it'll make me feel better. I'm like, make yeah. me feel better. And I have to talk things out. So like some people... I think everybody needs to talk it out but some people maybe don't do it as much or they just some can't people, do it yeah it's like some people journal or do other th- or meditate i can't like journaling stresses me out so yeah that's no. too much it's like almost like i would be stressed out about like i should be journaling and then it's like on yeah. my to-do list of like right am i journaling right Yes. Yeah. It's like too much. Well, I just will talk it out and I will be repetitive. And that my husband, Aaron, he'll be like, are you telling that same story yet again to somebody else? And it's like, 
Yes, I am. I am looking for, oh, that was a good perspective. That was good feedback. Yeah. And then finally, like I'm done with it, but I, I have to go. You have to get it out. I have to get it out. But anyway, this story, it's going to sound a little bit like first world problems, but it is beyond what I'm about to say. It is about oh. my house. Oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. So I moved here in the summer of 2021 and we looked for houses and then we found this like perfect little lot of land and it was just like the location we wanted to be in and anyway builder you know they all tell you all these great amazing things and all this stuff and we did our research and we you know asked for references and everything sounded fine and um and we went for it so we have now been building this house it's a basic house you guys like it is seriously not anything dramatic or like Overly complicated. Yeah, I know your father was in it's this big, business. Yeah, it's a big square. It's a square, I mean, like this with, is like rooms in it. I mean, it's big, but it's not it's even not that big. Complicated. It, it, it's it's you it's, don't have like turrets and things like that. I don't even know what that is. Like a like a princess tower. Well, in my mind, I do, but no, I don't physically like, have. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not building that. So I okay. I have been like honestly distracted. I was at another job, as you all know, obviously starting this own business, getting the whole search, like professionally, I had a lot going on that I almost kind of, not almost, I forgot this house build was even kind of going up and existing. Yeah. So it has now been four calendar years, mm. 21, 22, 23, and 24. You deliver ultimatums. You do all of these things. It's just maddening. It's frustrating. Like these people are so unprofessional, but the thing is, this person like shouts at me and it's just something that I've never had like interactions like this in my life. And it's like really seeping into like, I am reacting like completely like I'm hot. Like Joni witnessed me talking to them on the phone the other day and she was like, what was that? It was yeah. so weird. Like the shouting and like, do you need anything else? And like so weird and nasty. And it's just become like the daily like interaction at this point because Every month we delay, like we don't have a lease and we're paying top dollar. Like all this, like, like it's just so awful in my life that I, and I know it sounds like, again, like, oh, you're not in your house, but like, I can't but, take it. But yeah, I mean, it's a displacement for you. Like you said, it's costing you money. It's cost, it's a headache. It's not easy to deal with. And it's been way too long. Yeah. Like no house needs to take this long to build. No, it, it it's just, it, it's just unbelievable. So I hope few life lessons I've learned from this. And yeah. I'm sure hopefully any day now, we've been saying this since December one, any day now yeah. we're going to be in there. But I do think that is taught me like, you know, just from running a business standpoint, like I've said this many times, I, I, I read this in the book, the go giver. It's like, give more in value than you expect to receive in payment. Mm -hmm. And I hope that people never feel that like the service we provide isn't you know, of optimal value that they don't right. see like the results, the expectations are not met. Like that to me is like crushing. And it's so disappointing that this massive life's biggest purchase right. is like, like me as the customer, you know, it's like the exact opposite of having me even in, in the room of thinking about what this experience is like. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's been messing with me. I don't like who I am when I'm with this person. I don't even know who I am. And yeah. it's just like, it is awful. Oh, I know. And it has been just a saga. I it mean, is. we were going to have Elena's baby shower there. Fun oh fact, listeners. Yeah, fun fact. I told Hannah I wanted to do that for her in November. Or I think you told, no, you told me like in the summer, you were like, I want to do your baby shower. Yes. And you were like, we should be in, you know, by Thanksgiving. There was always some holiday or whatever that we, it, it, November 1, we'll be in the house. Okay, now December 1, now credit. And it, you were like, we can do our shower in January. And I was like, you know what? My mom is offered. My mom's going to host it. I appreciate it. And now. I mean, that's, that's like, like that's, that's also makes me kind of like want to cry because like, it's just like another like landmark. You can, you can have her first birthday party. How about that? I promise <laughs> you I will. And I had this vision on like, we have this like little backyard area with like the fake turf or whatever, yeah. like welcome to Florida. And I like had this whole vision for the balloons and for you to be sitting under there and like for that not to happen. Like, I and I think that let's bring it back about bariatric yeah. surgery. Like, I feel like. That's so true. Like if you feel like, 
I'm going to have my surgery on this date. And then your insurance comes in and tells you mm-hmm. otherwise. And how that impacts your mental state. Yeah. You have been prepared. You did all the things. You were a good, good girl. Yeah. Like, you paid your money. You did. Like, same with me. Like, I I mean, like, like we're there. Like, Aaron is at this house every day. He's, there's no contractor. He's the GC. Like, all these things. But, like, you, you do all, like, when you do all the things and it doesn't work out the way yeah. you want it to. Like, okay, let me look at the silver lining. That's just like mentally messes with you. Yeah, it does. And but that's where we have to look at like, yes, where does like we're talking about this mental toughness come in and mm. it is about looking for the silver lining. And then it's also looking, I would say, you know, it's like how do we what do we take from it and learn from it and move on to the next experience? You know, then obviously yeah. I don't think you're gonna be doing another house build anytime no. soon or no. ever again. Ever again. Um but you know, there's there's lessons to be learned in that and you know, it's like whether it's okay, we need to to end a relationship sooner than or when we, you know, we the should first have done that. sign of, of issues, Ooh. which that can be a tough lesson to learn because I mean, how that goes into personal relationships too, I think, um, which can be another mentally tough thing to do is is ending those. But you know, just kind of looking at what can I take from this mm. and how can I let it like toughen me up basically without becoming hard hard exactly <laughs> without becoming mean and nasty yourself and I know. becoming that person that you are with them you obviously don't want that to seep into no, you the rest don't. of your relationships and, and interactions exactly it's like gosh i'm so exceedingly frustrating and someone is wronging me so 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 very much and then you turn around and think about like like a patient's like Oh, um, I had my final consult yesterday. Did I get my insurance approval? I'm like, yep, it's yeah. been free. Yeah. You know, and then you're right. You have to like step back. They're excited. Yep. You you should understand right. that this is this is going to be one of the biggest things for their life. And, right. that, and we're part of that on a daily basis for people. Yeah. We have to constantly level set and realize like this is this is the a big thing for them. And you have to make everybody truly know that you are special and that this is a big deal. And, um, and it is, and and it is easy to forget that, you know, from us, for us as providers is that, um, that is your individual experience, but we're seeing people all the time. Yeah. So it does. It's like that uniqueness, uh, uniqueness or, or what did you say? Terminal, terminal uniqueness that we all think that now, you know, back to that concept though, you know, I think a lot of people who, and I'll just tell you this, like, this is so personal. Um, but my husband, Aaron, I've told you guys a lot that he's, he takes, um, Wagovi. He's taken it since it like really just first came out and he's just been really successful for it. He, you know, he's in like Wonderland. He's yeah. been maintaining in the one nineties. He, um, he was in our relationship. He, most of the relationship, he was in the two thirties, two forties. So it's like amazing, you yeah. know, that he's, now this is like his new norm and all this amazing stuff. And so he gets it. He, you know, when things get stressful, he, under, I, I can see and understand really, I can, I see it firsthand through his eyes, this emotional eating cycle of this, mm-hmm. you know, we talk a lot about how you feel stressed. You feel like I need something to take this edge of right. like anxiety, stress. Like I'm about to explode. Mm-hmm. Like I want to do some kind of drug or something. Like I want yeah. this feeling to go away. Um, and we all get to that point. And with this house, his brothers were coming this weekend. We had movers. We had all of the stuff that's been in storage. We were going to finally have that delivered. We've had to change everything. Um, so it's because it just wasn't organized at the final inspection. We don't get oh, occupancy. Yeah. So anyway, it it was like crushing. We were like, normally we were going to be in by the 15th February and now it's the 22nd. And now it's like, oh, it's not going to be done. So we had to like go to the lease. They're like, well, we have somebody else coming in March 1st. No, you don't. But they're paying, they're paying for this like little tiny rental that we've been cramped yeah. into. Like, like ridiculous money for this thing. Yeah. So it's like, oh, more money, more time, more aggravation, more like coordinating and all that stuff. You guys all know what a move is like. But when, when he had to come to that thing and his brother, one is coming from Arizona, one is coming from Pennsylvania and they had to rechange their flights. And then the one flight couldn't be changed because it wasn't like a true emergency reason why he had to change it. So then we paid the difference. It was just more money and more time, more aggravation and all this stuff. And Aaron just like left the house, like just ran out of the house. And I'm like, where are you going? Like, what is happening? And, um, 
I'm like, all right, he just needs to drive it off. He didn't call me. He didn't answer the phone calls. I'm like, let him just do his thing. You know, we've been married for almost 15 years this October. Like, I got this yeah. guy. Right. I know what's happening. He came back in with a huge chocolate cake. Oh, my gosh. I know. And he just started just eating it with milk. He's like, I don't care. I have to do this. Like, I have to. Like, and he well, I haven't seen him, like, really even eat this kind of stuff yeah. for a long time. And I saw it, I got it. And like, he was like, I, d- I don't care. I'm like, is it making you feel like, like just don't talk to him, just leave him alone. Yeah. But anyway, like I saw this whole yeah. like moment and I'm sure that made him feel more guilty and like, like what the hell did I do that for? Yeah. And just this whole like vicious cycle. And um, I don't know. I think a lot of us like turn to that and that it goes to some of this, you know, we're talking about mental toughness. If that's the way we've coped and that's the way we have been able to mentally be tough in life's situations Mm -hmm. you know we see that and i think about like way bigger issues than a house not being done on time and like i've you know we have some people and i'm sure she's listening you know like i think of uh, one of my patient stories they they lost a child when she was a baby and just like how that lingers on with you for life or like just 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 horrific unthinkable tragedies and loss and rapes and abuse and just I know there's just a lot of things out there and I do think that we're going to talk a lot about like how to cope with that and I do think that our you know having support groups and and like-minded people it's kind of crazy that like your biggest fan may likely be especially in this community complete stranger absolutely yeah and and we see that a lot it's like oh my gosh or like somebody won't post for a while or something and people are like where have you been we've missed you and like it is it is super supportive in that but it it, and i think when we look at bariatric surgery and and things like emotional eating or whatever your coping mechanism is but i feel like that one especially because it's so it is so taken from you when you have Mm. surgery because a lot of people cannot do that you know they if they went and got the chocolate cake now, it would physically make them feel absolutely terrible. Terrible. It's it's not going to kill you or anything like that, but you're not going to feel good. And so that's where it is. It's finding, figuring out what's that other thing now that I'm going to do because life's still going to throw situations at you. Mm. And so whether it, I mean, and we can't all just be resilient through everything. Just be resilient. What the hell? Resilient. Yeah. Like what is the definition of resiliency? I actually was going to look it up. And then I was like, I'll ask Hannah. Because Hannah will have some sort yeah. of like incredibly I'm sure brilliant we can words. Pull it up on ChatGPT. Yeah, see what? Just Google it. Um, but you know, I think you. So, and that's where we talk about, and this is also where we talk about, you know, working with mental health professionals in addition to your, you know, surgeon, dietitian, whatever. But finding alternatives for that, you know, whatever that mm-hmm. that mechanism is, if it is eating, which for a lot of people it is, and this is also why we caution people on on things like alcohol use. Because it can very easily transfer that mm-hmm. as your mechanism to respond to things. Very, um, very and it true. It might be better tolerated than the chocolate cake. It's true. You get a very quick buzz. You that edge is taken off. Yeah. In a sip. Yeah. A very an ounce. I mean, especially like if you haven't had it, you stayed away, yeah. and then it was like, and then you need more, and tolerance returns, uh-huh. and with it, decisions and. Yeah, I mean, we've talked a little bit about transfer addiction and, and a lot of people criticize us as providers and that we don't talk about it enough, that we don't really um, warn people sometimes about that feeling. Yeah. But you just said like food is taken away from you, that copamexanism, that dear old friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Even I think- Even if you're not addicted to food, which I yes. think is where a lot of people think like, oh, well, I don't have a food addiction, so yeah. it's fine. Yeah. But- there's disordered eating yeah. as you are, you know, you, you've spoken about. Mm-hmm. I think one of our best podcasts I, is the one with Laura Grabo, who mm-hmm. is, who's an expert in all things, mental health, weight loss, transformation. And I cannot stop thinking about her, just the correlation between having bariatric surgery in those early days with grief. Yeah. The stages of grief. The grieving process. Absolutely. And Sometimes you have the anger, the sadness, you miss it. The And then ultimately you get to these longer spans of acceptance. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, that is I, I, like, wow, that's how you kind of start to deal with it. You never forget. You never, you know, it's not that it's not kind of lingering sometimes under the surface. It's like you're recovering. That's the whole thing about, you know, 
right. think addiction and everything is just long-term. Yeah, very much so. So what things preoperatively, you know, in preparation for this, uh, that a lot of insurance companies mandate is this whole psych evaluation. Mm-hmm. And I hate the name of it. I think that it's like, I have to be evaluated to see if my psyche is worthy to change my life and have a a, a surgery to do so. It's like, I think that it kind of misses what it should be a little bit. Um, But with that sort of thing, um, I I do, I think that the, the concept of it is a sound one. It helps, you know, at least it gives you one touch point, maybe one connection with a mental health provider that you may very well like, even just like vibe with, but I, I don't know if it's, I don't think it does what it's supposed to do. Like, what is your, what is your thoughts always on that? Yeah. I think that I have a feeling there's a lot of them that just do the form and fill it out. You know, they'll do the visit or whatever, but they're just going to say, yep, you're good to go here. Well, we're going to bill your insurance. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. The check in the box. Like a mill. Um, I, I do think it is a good opportunity for people to get into like you said, they might find somebody that they like mm-hmm. um, if they don't already. The other thing that frustrates me with them is the the therapists who feel like they can't do the the clearance. Like if it's somebody that they've worked with for a long time and they're like, oh, but I don't feel comfortable writing that particular letter. Yeah. Like here's a template. Ask yeah. questions, answer questions, yeah. write it down. And, and maybe you should be working with this patient about these kinds of things, you know, like this is obviously a big part of their life. Um, yeah, but I do think that, and a lot of people will say this, and I think this is actually Laura's, um, title. It's like, it's the missing piece. Mm. And I think that a lot of people don't do more than just the psych evaluation. They think that's, and they're like, Oh, I'm clear from that. Mm -hmm. So they're like, I'm good to go. And it's like, well, you may or may not, you know, it's not to say that you shouldn't have surgery, you're, yeah, absolutely. That's fine. But there can be so many things that crop up afterwards. And I think too, even just in the last few years, um, it's um, become so much of a less of a stigma to go see a therapist. So mm-hmm. I mentioned this on the, the last podcast. I think that when on my maternity leave, I've been, wa- I was watching like a lot of like Desperate Housewives and Ugly Betty. And those are, so yes. those are from like the early mid 2000s, yes, right? like yes. 2004, I want to say around this, when both of those shows come out. It's interesting when you go back and watch shows from that time period or even a lot earlier than that. Anytime somebody says that they're going to see a therapist, first of all, they always call them a shrink. Oh, that's like, right. You never hear that phrase anymore. I don't hear anybody saying no. I'm going to see a shrink. And they also, mm. it's met with like, what? Why would you need to do that? Like, you're like, that means you're insane. Mm. And it's kind of funny because so many people they're like so against it and then it comes up in these shows, you know, every, every so often, but it's like you really, and then you think back to other times where like, yeah, it's just always brought up as this super negative thing. And I think that has changed a lot. I think with COVID it, it really brought a lot of that to the surface Completely agree. because people were struggling, you know, as a, as a whole. And we were right. all in this huge, you know, life changing, life altering thing. So I think it became much of a stigma, but I don't think that it's caught up still that as many people are doing it or, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I don't see a therapist. I probably should, you know, have you ever, Mm-mm. never, never. Oh, I have many times. Yeah. Many I times. always mean to, I let love. That's not true. I went one time for an evaluation, uh, to see if I have ADHD, but that was more of like an eval. Did than, you? Um, I needed further testing which for somebody who has problems with executive dysfunction, it's really hard to then follow up on, you know, getting more appointments and doing all this. I was like, great. So you have somebody who might have ADHD and now you're going to tell them to go do a bunch more tests yeah. because they might have a hard time getting things done. Hmm. It was also like right before we were moving from Chicago. And so like, I couldn't get in with the person she recommended, I think in the time frame Got it. of when we were moving and then, I don't know if you do. I probably do too. I'm all over the place. So I we're just high functioning. We're gifted, Hannah and I. I'm just used to things not being right up there. So yeah, we're I don't I don't know what is going on, but um yeah, I think there are absolutely a lot of 
struggles before, after surgery, mentally, that you need a good therapist that you can vibe with mm -hmm. to go over those things. So you're right. All therapists are not created equal. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and they're allowed to have specialties and to not deal with certain things. That's totally fine. But then maybe you need to find somebody new. Yeah, you know, no doubt like, about it. Now, just so that you all know that you are not alone, I'm going to say that a rough estimate of 100% of our patients have anxiety and depression. Yeah. At least anxiety. 100%. At some level. Yeah. I mean, I, I tape every day. These are the post-medical history at baseline. Mm -hmm. You got your, you have, of course, morbid obesity, mm -hmm. aches, pains, fatigue, depression, anxiety. Those are like the top like five, yeah. five things that everybody kind of has and some are more open or honest or have sought treatment for it and others have not but boy i think everybody it feels anxiety stress shame and he, all the things i mean we talked about this when we did another episode about you know kind of the situational anxiety too versus kind of the chronic anxiety and this is a time where you might have some additional anxiety in your life and, oh, and yes. you know, maybe you don't have diagnosed chronic anxiety, but you know, you're about to be going through a huge transformation. I know. And that, and that's the big thing. And so on our next um, part of this podcast, we are going to talk about celebrating the journey mm -hmm. and how do you find just like inspiring ways to like commemorate your weight loss milestones or your non-scale victories that have, nothing to do with food and changing slowly, but surely your identity of who you are. Um, mm -hmm. you know, we talk about people's emails addresses being big guy 25, you know, at Gmail and you're yeah, like, my Santas, the Santas, the, um, you know, the fat funny one, mm -hmm. a lot of people. Um, and I even, you know, last night on the support group, I, I see that all the time where I feel like patients are, um, just hiding behind like little jokes, even to me, like, the, I'm like, wow, this is your, this is your like ongoing, like who you are. Yeah. Um, and you have to change that. And then when they come back, boy, I can tell in their personalities because we see them, of course, you know, their months will go by and they, yeah. they're so close to it. They don't see the changes. And I'm like, not just, yes, the way you look is different, but the way that they compose their body, the way that they sit their body language, the way that they, um, I don't know, their confidence, yeah. um, their speech patterns. Yeah. It's like really weird. Like their voices sound different. Yeah. Well, and then I think, you know, the other physical things, it's like people get their hair cut differently or they, oh, yeah. you know, they doll themselves up a little bit more oh, yeah. or whatever it might be, or they get new clothes that um, maybe they wear. I think a lot of times people move into like brighter colors and, you know, just yes. more exciting clothing after surgery too. They want to be visible. Yeah. Remember I was the largest person in the room, but yet I was invisible, always black on black on black, mm -hmm. no colors, pattern stripes. Yeah. And here we are like, yeah. look at me. Yeah. I'm here. I'm deserving of that raise to be seen, to be heard. Yeah. Oh, what a, that's so heavy. That's so much. It's, it's so true though. Yeah. And it's a, it's a gradual thing that you might not see yourself like breaking out of this, um, you know, kind of box that you've been in. Um, on another thing, I think rapid weight loss can also trigger the mind and body not to be physical and mentally not to be on the same pace yeah. oh, transformation. That's what we hear all the time. You know, this whole thing about like body dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. That is hard to, I don't know, just really people don't recognize who they see in the mirror and, yeah. uh, or then they walk away from the mirror or they're not looking at the picture. And then of course, like you're not looking at yourself. You don't, it's almost like you don't realize like you lost so much weight. Yeah. Well, and, and you may have known your body as it was for 40 years, and it's only been this new way for six months, Yeah, you know, or it's changed so much drastically. And it is, it's really hard to picture yourself in that new physique and everything. And, and then it is, you're like still dressing again, doing some of the things that you've always done. Um, you're still in the baggy clothes. You're still like just doing, yeah, it's just really hard to recognize. And again, I think we always tell people like, take the pictures, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you're feeling this way, look at them. Like, don't just, it's really hard to see changes in, in your body in the mirror. Yeah. You are, you're just too close to it. Yeah. And listen to people when they tell you that you look great. Yeah. You know, like 
people are generally not overly um out outward with compliments like i don't think people are out there's going to be some people who will compliment anybody any day just because that's who they are right most people are not like that so if somebody tells you oh my god you look amazing or i can tell you're feeling great or you know i just see such a change about you believe them because they're not going to waste their time telling you a lie no that's so true believe them like if you told somebody they look great what's your secondary gain? Like, what do right, you, why exactly. you, if you, if you, if you think about that, it's like, all right, well, if I said it, um, yeah, I, I meant it. So why would somebody, why would else somebody else lie? The only other reason I would do that is if I'm wearing like cute shoes and I want someone to compliment my shoes, you know, yeah. like, oh my God, your hair looks great. Oh, thanks. I love your shoes. Yes. <laughs> there you go. That would be my only oh, secondary okay. outcome from giving compliments. You wanted to and compliment. I also <laughs> probably would think your hair looks great. It's probably a true compliment. Oh my gosh. Isn't that the best though when you're like walking down the street and another woman, it's always women. It's never, when it's men, it's creepy. When it's women, it's amazing. And they compliment you on something. You're like, it like changes your entire day. You're like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like a perfect stranger was yeah. like, like that outfit. Yes. That dress is so cute. It's always, and then you get to respond too with things that have pockets, you know. Of that's course. Always, so there you go. Well, I mean, if a man, I think they got it on sale. Imagine walking down the street with V and a guy was like, damn, that, that like dress looked good. Yeah, right. Well, that's, a different, that's a different intonation there of, of how it's given. Exactly. But if you're by yourself, you're like, I still got it. I well, saw that look. V and I do joke about like, if I'm going out, you know, I, I'm so like, I rarely wear makeup. Like I'm, you know, of course now, like I'm sweating. Natural yeah. beauty, my friend. Oh, thank I you. I was just but... looking at you. I'm like, damn, she has no makeup on. I have, I, you can chisel mine off for some reason at uh, 9 a.m. Yeah. on a random the, Thursday. Yeah. Here. But I, you know, whatever. So he, we always joke though, that if I go out, I always put on, you know, it's like, I'll put on a dress, I'll put on makeup. And he's like, I know you're going to hang out with a woman because you wouldn't do that. <laughs> I'm like, you're 100% right. He's like, I don't have to worry about anything. He's like, if you start leaving the house to go and hang out with somebody and you're in like your home clothes, he's like, that's when I'm going to be worried. That's actually a funny point. Boy, we do that a lot more with women. Oh, yeah. I care way more about the validation from my peers. Absolutely. I'm like... You look magnificent, darling, right now. And you're, um, you look good, actually. I like these pants. I haven't seen them on you. Oh, yeah. My little joggers. Yeah, they're cool. She's wearing these joggers that are like... Old Navy. They're kind of like tie-dyed. Yeah. They're like a cloud. Hannah's cool. And I, I know I say, I say this every episode. I'm like, do you guys realize like this woman is really cool? Like... I'm gonna I'm gonna pry her away from B's arms one day. It's good. It's We're gonna run off into you. the sunset. It's come out, you guys. I mean, there we go. So on our next episode, we're gonna talk a lot about like setting realistic expectations and goals that you can hit and you need to celebrate and really be, I think, strategic and thoughtful about really just like creating those. Because I think when you just have this vague, we'll talk about smart goals, but you know, I think you need specific things because when you have these like kind of vague things out there that, oh, I'm going to um, lose weight. Yeah. And then when you're like, well, you lost, you know, 40 pounds in six weeks and we're all like, wow. But it's like, um, but that's not enough or not. It's like, yeah. You lost weight. Like, yeah, anyway, you met your we, goal. Yeah. we have to talk about all that and just like, you know, let's, let's just wrap it up with like, how do we make sure that you embrace mental toughness mm-hmm. for the long haul? You know, I'm going to always yeah. bring it back to grit and just showing up, being consistent, trying your best, yeah, giving yourself grace. Today wasn't great. Finding coping mechanism, setting realistic expectations, finding good support people that you like and trust. And they might be strangers. And that's kind of actually kind of cool too. Like we might expect, you know, when we go down that whole episode on relationships, like we expect things from our partners that are this like, like, you know, these incredibly like pink dewy sunsets, like walking down, looking into each other's eyes. And it's like, no, that ain't going to happen. That is not real life. Yeah. They're, they're still just a person too. Um, yeah, I think I I also love the just thinking about the stranger thing. Like we did the meetup back in December, and I love it because I feel like so many people made friends there, or they met the people that they were friends with on the internet, and they like got to meet in real life. And I loved that. I and know I think that that's just such an example. And I know people who have you know we see on like our Facebook group people set up meetups. You know, like hey, I live in this area. You know, anybody want to meet up or like they, they do, they create these like long lasting friendships. And it is, I think it's so important to have that 
even if it is online, even if you can't do the in-person or whatever, but finding those people like that, you know, and a lot of times it's finding somebody that has a similar situation to you. So maybe they're the same, maybe you're both women, maybe you're around the same age, Mm -hmm. maybe you have kids or you don't have kids or, you know, you're married or you're single, like finding people that are kind of within your demographic, I think is helpful to, to do that. I mean, it doesn't mean you can't get support from somebody who's completely different from you. Um, and I think that's, you know, can be really important too, but finding those connections Mm -hmm. can really help through this journey. And, and again, joining like the support groups. I mean, last night we talked so much about people's responses and people's reactions really to somebody else getting weight loss surgery Mm -hmm. and, you know, just having that conversation. And so many people said, Oh my gosh, I went through the same exact thing. Um, and I think it just made everybody feel it's like, okay, I'm not alone in this either. Yeah. And, and about, you know, that they also talked about people's reactions because some people have the courage or, or what, whatever the thing is to put it out there. Mm-hmm. So one person, you know, put it out and they, she said that the glue wasn't even dry on the incisions and it was kind of like just spreading through the HR departments, through her workspaces and all that kind of stuff. And then I could tell that she was teetering, like, should I have done it yet? And she kind of like was almost having like an internal moment of a conversation with herself. Like, no, I'm glad I put it out there. And I think the thing that about putting it out there is that everybody kind of wants to put it out there, Mm -hmm. but you just fear this like judgment from whoever this mystery person is. And I do think that people who put it out there, other people look at them more than anything, even beyond the inspiration of the transformation is more about like, man, I am envious of you for just being so free. Like you're not hiding anything. When you secret and you're hiding it, that's like, ah, it's, you know, like internalizing something that is like major and and some are not ready. And that is totally, of course, up to you. But I do think that every time I see some somebody that has decided to go for it, you know, they're like, wow, like I have a good friend. I'm sure she's listening now. And she has not really been public about this for a long time. And I asked her if she would share her story for a big project we have coming up. And, um, she was like, well, I didn't, let me think about it. And then she came back and it was like, you know what? I'm not going to pass this up. Like I'm going to go for it. And I think that you know, hopefully this, you know, this goes out there. And when she does it, I actually think like a, almost like a burden or like a feeling will be like lifted off of her that she didn't even really know that existed. Yeah, for sure. Cause it is a big thing to not share with people. Yeah. You know, like, um, and, and people are going to wonder. And so then yeah. it's also like, well, am I just doing this and people are talking behind my back or whatever. So I think that it's like, yeah, if you, it, it, and again, no, not everybody has to do this. It's not, you don't have to share your journey. It's medical. It's your medical life, really. Yeah. You don't have to share true. any of it. But um, I do think that there can be some like catharsis from it. Mm. And then even last night, again, we keep talking about last night just happened, but um, someone said, you know, I, I'd never actually known somebody personally that had had surgery. Mm. I knew somebody that was degrees of separation apart or whatever, but you know, I think so being in that space where everybody in that Zoom room either had surgery or was getting, you know, was preparing to have surgery. So being in that space, it's very unique too. And yes. and you get a different kind of, of response from people who have gone through this. Oh yeah. Than just the general public. I mean, we're nor it's normal. So, it's like we're yeah. we're all we all are like yeah. actively engaged to getting it, preparing for uh-huh. it, or have had it many yeah. years ago. It's just like this is like all of this normal. Stuff is norm for me. Yeah. yeah, so much so. Well, let me ask you this question: mm-hmm. Are you mentally tough? Oh, I think it depends on what it's about. I would say, I my husband would probably say no. <laughs> I tend to build, I tend to, to do well with things for a while and then it comes to a head and I, I break down. Hmm. Um, but I do think I can take, I can take a lot. I think. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. you're very mentally tough, Yeah. which sometimes, like you just said, you know, talk about labeling and identity, like, yeah. oh, you're labeled as like, oh, you're the tough one. Yeah. So then like, well, I'm the tough one. So yeah. I have to be the tough one always. Right. right. Well, but don't show me a commercial of or a video of a dog running to its owner when they've returned from oh, like military. military. I can't. 
And I'm not a particularly like patriotic person. I don't yeah. I mean, we have family in the military, but I don't have like some strong connection to no, can't watch. I I I ball like I can't watch. That's a universal emotional thing. It's like it's making me tear up. I can't watch them. Yeah, no, I mean because it's just like the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. You like look at this family dynamic. Yeah. Been torn away to protect you and your rights. Oh my god. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the dogs are always so happy. Dog, the dog. I see. This is where I disagree, and because I don't get animals, and I know yeah. I shouldn't even say that. But I, when the kid, the kid, the kid. Around the oh god, no! When they show up at the school and the kid oh, turns the, around, no, uh, uh-uh. the kid's yeah. about to go play football for the state championship, yes. and he's the star quarterback, uh-huh. and his dad has come back from Afghanistan. Oh exactly. my god! Yeah, are they always at a pep rally for some reason? It's always set up, you know. Totally. But yes. No, I can't watch the kids either. Yeah. No. No. Okay. Well. Yeah. yeah. I mean. No, I don't think. Yeah, or I can't home either. alone. Not home alone. Home, homeward bound. That movie. It's another dog. It's oh dog. yeah, yeah. I think Aaron loves that. My mom laughed at me because it was like on TV one time, and it was just the scene where the dogs, the pets, are returning home, and I was like in my mid twenties, and she just like she's like, "Are crying right now?" It's like. I always, I have, I, no one has ever acknowledged to me, I'll just sit there stoic and there'll be tears just coming down my face, but no one will look like left or right if it's like an emotional scene. Like, I don't feel like oh, I, no. anyone's been like, are you crying? Oh, she was making fun of me though. I know. Sure. I, I don't know why. We don't, we don't, we don't go there. You can, you can cry and, and no one will call you no, out. I'm just, like, I'm just like side eye, like almost like my eyes almost like roll all the way around yeah. trying to look, but I won't like turn my neck to see if you're crying. Oh my God. Hey, I do have to ask you a question. Do yeah. you, um, do you watch the show's success? I don't know. Okay. I've been, I mean, gosh, I've been on this, this kick about this show and there's this like dynamic between these two characters, Greg and Tom Mm -hmm. and Tom, um, on this last episode I was watching, um, I mean, I mean, I I hate it when people are like, oh, you know, these characters, you know, nothing about, but basically he was talking about like, um, he, he was like, Greg, you look happy. And he was like, Okay. And then he was like, I'm, Tom was like, I'm supposed to be happy. Oh, not you, Greg. And then, and then, um, and then Greg was like, it's not like there's like a finite amount of happiness. It's like, yeah. it's not like a one little pie. And yeah. then like, and I, I thought that like, if you see somebody else happy, uh-huh. it doesn't mean you can't be happy. Right. If you see somebody else sad, it doesn't mean you can't be sad too. Like, yeah. anyway, I, I was just like thinking a lot about like having finite amounts of emotions and sometimes we're like oh well i'm so happy for them well you control that so yeah Yeah. it's another part of just being mentally tough yeah are you mentally tough um i think so yes yeah i think you have think so yes i mean i so there's this rep who works for uh ethicon johnson and johnson and he's like how's your health coming i'm like oh i forgot about that or how's you know, how's the surgery center coming or how's the business going or how are your kids? And like, he's like, I think you just really compartmentalize things well. Yeah. But that's a good, I don't that's a good thing. But you know, like, Any therapists out there listening, what's your, what's your, that, like, I, I kind of like, um, literally like block things off at points. Yeah. And then like, it bothers me immensely if I don't feel like, uh Oh, I missed something in one aspect of my life. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, like with my kids, I told you, I'm so like, ah, myself, like I have not missed one, but two field trips that I could have potentially gone on. Um, because I just, I don't know. There's like all these things that I didn't see the newsletter slip through the cracks. And, And it's because, you know, sometimes I feel like if there's a lot of like, um, just, I don't know. There's so much communication from the schools. Like I, it's like, it's almost like you don't pay attention to the emergency signal when it's going yeah. off because you're like, just like, oh yeah. Alarm just like fatigue. Alarm fatigue. Yeah. And I didn't see this big thing that they were going to Gatorland and I missed it. Yeah. And I'm like, so mad. I could have uh, rearranged my schedule. I could have easily gone. Yeah. So that makes me not mentally tough. I feel like really disappointed in and of myself that I screwed that up. I get very, I get very upset with myself if I... Um, if I miss something, if, if something's not perfect, um, and I, since starting body by bariatrics, I can tell you undoubtedly my anxiety is so much better. Yeah. So, um, that's good. good. 
<laughs> that's good yeah. to know. Like I was having like some, some like almost like, okay, I'm not really functioning right now. I feel so anxious about yeah. things. Um, like bursting stress balls in my hand, which are supposedly unburstable, like kind of things like, <laughs> that also just goes to show your hand strength. This I do. Strange. I have, a, I have a, an amazing thumb muscle. It's called the Thenar Eminence. I don't know if I've told you about that I've before. Seen it. I, I think I made you like, Hannah, feel this thumb muscle. It, like real creepy stuff. Um, but no, I think I'm tough. Um, could we all get better? Undoubtedly. I'm always looking and listening to podcasts and reading books. I talk about that all the time. I quote them because I'm looking for some sort of secret to life and, yeah. and dealing with my emotions and becoming tougher and yeah. making sure that I'm so soft enough to love. And right. Exactly. <laughs> so you still have to find the other, the, the balance of that vulnerability and yes, you still need to feel, <laughs> feel things. And, and I think that to say all of this, you know, just to wrap it up you don't have to be tough about everything and there's going to be times when you break down and things are going to be hard and you're going to struggle. And we all do about whatever it is, but you know, I think that if you can at least just build it up to where you're not struggling as much and you're getting through things easier and Mm -hmm. feeling, again, feeling happy and feeling confident and all of those things that, you know, that's, what's really important. I know. I know. I'm probably due for a good cry. I haven't cried a lot. I've cried in front of you many times many i would say maybe a couple i feel like i've just like just big thick steamy tears of frustration and anger and sadness um i had a good cry the other day i know and when you told me that stop that made me feel better is that weird like guys that like i am like oh good oh yeah you cried oh i do cry yeah that's good because i feel like hannah just like okay like (laughs) anything you ask her she's like the best with this i'm like hey i'm coming up there can we do this oh i love that like Yes, I can do attitude. I yeah. love that. That's what I, yeah. that's what you need in your team. Like, I don't know why on Instagram, I'm like always targeted by these like entrepreneurs and business people. And like the key to success is this. And they all say something different. And I'm like, I watch it like a couple of yeah. times. It's probably why I'm targeted by it. And the, the guy last night was like, what is like the key to success? He's like, it was a Russian guy. Actually. He was like, all you Americans, you talk about like all this inspirational and work hard and none of that. He's like, it's your team. You need a team that are loyal and hardworking and that are like, and just exceptional human beings. It's what you need. And I'm like, got it. You got it. That is why. Yes. Yep. You have your people. I got my people and I hope you all do too. And if you don't, we would love to be your people. Body by bariatrics. Got you. Absolutely. Well, on that note, of course, you can always find us all over the place. So on Instagram at Dr. X Dietitian, at Dr. Dovek, at HannahSkyler.rd. At Body by Bariatrics, um, you know, we're on Facebook. Of course, if you want to join our Facebook support group, uh, DM us. We're happy to send you that link. Um, if you can't find it somewhere else, it's on our website as well. We'll make sure that that's out there. We'll put it into our Instagram stories and stuff too to make sure. If you want to join that support group, it's awesome. We've got mm-hmm. almost 10,000 people in it. So um, and it is, you know, we do monitor it and make sure that people are nice and, and supportive and all of that. And um, but yeah, great place to be. So happy to join there. And otherwise we will see you on the second kind of part of this next time. Um, and looking forward to it. I know very much. I love this podcast. I hope you did too. And we will see you next time on the Dr. X Dietitian. Bye.